Hello everyone, this is Megafire here, also known as David. Just wanted to thank you guys for choosing us. I want to put this little preface in to let you know that we pre-recorded the first few episodes. So uh, we really find a groove around episode four and five, uh, a formula that we're really happy with. So if the first few episodes feel a little rough, I ask you to stick through it. I hope you all have as much fun listening to this as we did recording it. I just wanted to let you know that we do try to give a summary of each of the issues that we cover and the stories that are in them but i feel like the best impact would be if you read along and plus i mean i feel like it's worth it listen i've read this comic like five times you can read it once if you're a sonic fan there's there's some good stuff in it uh maybe good bad good good who knows anyway i won't interrupt anymore you guys enjoy the episode uh, and thank you so much again Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Goes Back to Sonic, the Sonic comic podcast that myself and my friends here have decided to start. Uh, I've kind of shoehorned everybody into reading the old Archie Sonic comics for my entertainment and theirs, hopefully. We've decided to cover for this first issue or first episode the miniseries and the first 10 issues of the original run. The miniseries and the first 10 issues were written by Michael Gallagher, who also worked on a bunch of Marvel things and the Mad Magazine, if anybody ever read those. Um, I think he also did some work on the Guardians of the Galaxy comics, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I know he was pretty prolific back in the 90s or in 80s. Maybe he still is. I just don't really keep up on his works. Um, but yeah, uh, the comics we read are basically very fun, um, slapstick comedy. And, uh, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts, uh, oh, I should introduce myself. My name is, uh, Megafire and I will be the host for this podcast. And with me are, uh, Harvick, Dorko for you and Bob, uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself, Harvick. Uh, hi, I'm Harvick. I'm very excited to read the Mega Man comic. Uh, yes, we are planning to do that, too. Where we're not right now? Oh, oh, is that what you read? Oh, shit. Hang on, I'll be back in a minute. Finish the introduction. Okay, sure. All right, Dorko for you. Hello, it is I, Dorko for you. Um, I like Sonic a lot. That's good to know. I'm glad that somebody else likes Sonic in this podcast besides myself. <laughs> and Bob? I am Bob. My introduction with Sonic was... I never had any uh, Sega consoles, but when I was like a little baby child in elementary school, I had a friend that had a Genesis. He had Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which back in the day I had no idea he was that guy from Sonic. So that was interesting to find out. I. Uh, no, yeah, you make a good point. Actually, uh, I'd like everybody's uh, experiences with Sonic. Sort of what what uh, what have what do you know? What have you experienced in the vast media conglomerate of Sonic the Hedgehog? Starting with who? Uh, Darko, go ahead. Oh, shit. <laughs> I remember my first experience was actually just like during a vacation with uh, a lot of family. Uh, uh, one of my cousins had like a Genesis, and uh, it was my first time playing Sonic. Though it was the experience of playing as Tails, or as much as you can play when you <laughs> when you're player two in Sonic Two. <laughs> <laughs> Me actively grabbing the second controller just so I can play as Tails because I thought he was really cute and fun to play as. I mean, after that, it was just a long break until I played Adventure 2 and the first adventure on GameCube, and that pretty—that was probably the big jumpstart to me being a lifelong Sonic fan. <laughs> that, 
yeah, that sounds like a lot of people's stories. What about you, uh, Harvick? I'm still reading the comic. <laughs> uh, okay, but how did you how did you find out about Sonic in the first place, though? What's your Sonic experience? What's your, what's your resume? Let's let's hear it. Uh, my favorite game is uh, Mega Man Six. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, actually, I, uh, actually, my first Sonic experience. I watched the Sonic OVA when I was a kid. Uh, I'm actually not that big of a Sonic fan. I'm going to be honest here. Mostly because my first actual game was Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> what a good introduction to the Sonic franchise, actually. Like, I know, right? I mean, actually, that's really interesting. Um, so, I started like my Sonic experience with uh, Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. That was the first Sonic that I ever played. However, later on, I realized because of that thing you mentioned earlier, Dorco, where you grab the second controller to play as Tails, I always did that at my cousin's place, playing the original Genesis Sonic, that I did play Sonic. Except I never thought about it because I was like always playing as the Fox. And I was like, that's so weird. I'm like, I remember playing a Fox game that kind of is like Sonic, but... It wasn't Sonic the Hedgehog. There was no Hedgehog. He was a fox. Um, and so I actually did play the original Sonic first. But then when I played Sonic Adventure, the, the two things didn't click in my mind. <laughs> um, you know, I watched Sonic OVA. I, I honestly, I always told myself I was never a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. I loved Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. And then everything I mean, Heroes was fun. I played every Sonic game out there, except for Sonic Labyrinth. I, I mean, I played it, but I never finished it, so I don't really count that. Um, and I still convince myself every day that I'm not a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. And then I've read the comics three times over. This is my fourth go at it. <laughs> um, and when I say I read them over, I mean I read everything. Cover to cover. Ass to ass. Through the hard times and the best times. <laughs> um, I love them. I don't know. They bring me some sort of sense of nostalgia that I just don't get with anything else. They were my comic book when I was a kid. I never really read comic books. So, um, have you guys read the Sonic the Hedgehog comics? The Archie ones specifically? Or... I mean, I just finished reading some. <laughs> okay, so this is your first time going over it. I know, Dorco, you've read some. It's It's been so long, and I don't... Uh, okay, so I remember, like, finding the comic at a store. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure by the time I found the comic, it was definitely during Ian Flynn's run. Like, when I when I stumbled upon pages in a bookstore... Uh, oh, that's got to be like 2009, I think. I think one of the so. fir- one of the first covers I remember seeing was like one with Sc- Scourge the Hedgehog on it. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Yeah, we're gonna get to that guy. Uh, How about you, Bob? Did you? Uh... I did not, sorta. Except I kind of did. Okay, so there's a game called um, uh, Sonic Mega Collection. That's the Sonic One, Two, Three, and a couple others on the GameCube. There's a little bonus section where you can look at a bunch of covers of the Archie comic, but it also has like a full forty-page uh, thing of like some of the earliest, uh, some of the earliest stories, some of which we just read. That's pretty much my only experience with this comic. I've never really gotten to the whole thing before. I believe that what you're referencing is, I think they put the graphic novel, quote unquote graphic novel, uh, which is just a compilation of all the early comics. Um, mm-hmm together which they release later as sonic archive or something like that i think that's screwed um speaking of sonic archive just to set up what we're getting into um sonic the hedgehog is uh, about a group of freedom fighters who um are literally called the freedom fighters who are going up against the tyrannical dr julius robotnik um who is a mad scientist who's obsessed with mechanical objects robots and pollution um he's uh i mean he's very 
cartoony, very big guy as we know him now. He's he's very similar, but uh, if you've ever watched uh, Sad AM, the cartoon, a lot of the characters are shared between the two series. There's some design differences, and it's actually kind of interesting because the miniseries that we're going to talk about, that came out before the um, Sad AM's premiere by half a year or something like that so it was pretty it was pretty early like the comics kind of started a lot at least the mini series specifically which was pre uh full publication uh now i have a something to set us up with which is uh a foreword from that thing that bob was mentioning that the sonic archive um he published a foreword uh in that uh, talking kind of about how they received the series and they didn't really have a lot to work with. So if you're going into the series right now and you're and you're starting to read it and you're kind of like, what is happening here? Well, like both if you both watched Sad AM or you play the games, you're like, well, how did how did this how did this happen? Um, the answer is uh, Sega, being like a lot of companies, kind of cast a net and sort of wanted to see what stuck. And Mike Gallagher. Uh, got a very basic introduction. They're like, there's going to be a, an enemy named Robotnik. He's a bad guy and a hedgehog with some subsurf, you know, like it was a very minor love interest with this princess who is Sally Acorn. Um, and the hedgehog's going to be a wisecracker. And, you know, very surface level overviews. And because, you know, Mike had some experience with other comics, so he's like, "Well, I can, I can probably work with this." And then there's some visuals that they got from the games. I mean, like, it'd be stuff like we got from publications and game magazines of like screenshots from the shows, and they made line art, uh, set up the characters. You know, the characters we have are Sonic the Hedgehog, Anton, um, Boomer, uh, Sally, Tails, Bunny, Mutsky, and U- Uncle Chuck. Uh, Mutsky and Uncle Chuck being related to Sonic, Uncle Chuck being his uncle. Uh, Anton was this um, soldier-esque coyote guy who also had like this love interest rivalry with Sonic for Sally, and he had a French accent for some reason. They made him French. <laughs> then you have uh, Boomer, who actually becomes Rotor, uh, so not to not be confused, we'll probably use those two names interchangeably for the beginning. But he is Rotor. He's the uh, the Walrus character who becomes like this um, sort of the brains of the operation. You have Tails, Miles Tails Prower, the two tailed fox, Sonic's biggest fan. Um, Sally, who is the princess of the Kingdom of Acorn, which was taken over by a Robotnik, and then uh, Bunny, who we'll get introduced to a little bit later, who's this half mechanized uh, bunny girl. She was saved by Sonic before she became fully robotic. Um, and then you get introduced to all these classic Sonic enemies. And yeah. So um, I guess let's, let's hit the ground running here with the miniseries. Um, the cover page for this miniseries is actually uh, the same as the original I'm sorry. The first page of the of the of this uh, miniseries is the first uh, is the cover for a pre-publication that Sega put out, which had absolutely nothing to do with this comic, and it was actually kind of wild. So I'm gonna put anytime I make references to images or screenshots, you you can find them um, in the comments of whatever platform you're listening to. Um, they'll be labeled uh, in order. So, like, this is going to be Mini-01. Um, this is from the mini-comic. Uh, this is the cover page of the mini, uh, the first issue of the mini-comic, which is Zero. And then here is the pre-publication first page. They look pretty much the same. Um, the original artist uh, for the pre-publication was, um, I believe his name was Francis Mao. And the artist for most of these early comics that we're going to talk about is Dave Manick, uh, whose art I love. But anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. I thought that was kind of cool. It was a little interesting nod at the fact that, I, I, as I understand, I don't think the pre-publication was an Archie release. I think it was like a Sega publication. But yeah. Um, miniseries. We get 
you know, introduced to all the characters, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Sally is pink and yellow-haired for some reason, uh, and then she later changes. And, in fact, the graphic novel collection that Ar- Archive pokes fun at the fact that they changed her color design a few times. Um, Mike Gallagher is the writer. It's very fun and cartoony, a lot of slapstick comedy. They got a lot of OG enemies in there, like the Caterkiller. I don't remember any of the other ones. Do you guys remember the other ones? I already forgot. I think I have a... Oh, yeah, here. It's crab meat. There's the little crab man. Caterkiller. Caterkiller. I know that a few of these... I don't know if they ever had names until this. Like, uh, at least in the Western release. I didn't look into it, but... I don't know. I think the manual for one of the games did this. I think. It's it's certainly a contrast considering that the SWAT bots are here too. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You said this came first before that cartoon with the SWAT bots in them. Yep. Well, Uh, I think (laughs) essentially they were uh, they were developed at the same time. And like (laughs) the details were being based on like rough planning stages for the cartoon that's part of the reason like characters with different colors or uh he's going by boomer instead of rotor and whatnot right Mm -hmm. i i know robotnik has a sad am appearance in here but i'm gonna be honest through almost all these issues i did not read it anything he said in his voice from that show he very much felt like Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog robot. I did the exact same thing in my head. I, I heard Long John Bradley. What's his name? Bradley? Wait. Long John Baldry. Long Baldry, John thank you. <laughs> I think that's the I mean, point, a, though. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, he's not, he's not a serious Robotnik in this comic like he was in Saturday morning. So I, I think it fits, anyway. Which is something I think, as we're going to read on we'll see that there is kind of a flip-flop between those two until they really mm. settle down on a specific Robotnik that's a little bit half-seas, half I want to say. But you're, I'm so glad you guys said that because I've seen online discussion about specifically this, like, how did you read Robotnik's voice? What was it in your head? Was it the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog or was it Sad AM? I honestly have no experience with Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog at all. Uh, so in my head, I just kind of had my, you know, it was sad AM always, but it was it's a cool yeah, take. I, uh, I have plenty of experience with Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, but not because I watched the cartoon, but because there's this thing called YouTube poop where the, that specific cartoon was very often used as a piece of material for it. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that applies to a good chunk of the internet at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be fair, so. that's mine too. When I say I don't have any experiences, that's that's what it is. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mentioned Boomer is not Broder right now, and actually we won't see that. But uh, something kind of cool. I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about these miniseries, but that, that's pretty much it. They just introduced. None of this shit matters, unfortunately, uh, because they don't canonize it, really. Um, it's... Sorry, like I said, they just kind of test the waters. But we get introduced to Ch- Uncle Chuck and Mutsky the dog. Uh, Uncle Chuck and his chili dog stand, and then uh, Sonic uh, sees uh, you know Sally for the first time. Derogatory. Uh, he's like, "Girl, what the? He's like, what's a girl doing?" I mean, it already starts to set their characters up, kind of in a unfortunate way. The fact that Sally is nothing more than the token girl for a while, and. <laughs> Sonic is an ass. I mean, um, something kind of cool is that they had the animals, the the people of the kingdom, were all slaves to Robotnik via mind control, and they weren't robots. The big plot point of, of the comics is that Robotnik captures the citizens and turns them into robots, roboticizes them. Um, so that was kind of cool and kind of cool to see, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, it didn't start that way. Uh, and then we move on to the original run of the Sonic comics. Uh, unless you guys have anything to add about the miniseries. I think no, no, the only really. thing is that I would say uh, I just slightly prefer Scott Shaw's art. I slightly prefer his, but uh, I, mean, I still like Dave's work for the most part. <laughs> uh, Scott Shaw, that's right. Mini- I'm sorry to mention, I didn't mention this, but... Um, 
Scott Shaw was the artist from the miniseries, and I don't think he appears again until later. I I I have like I for whatever reason I didn't have much I felt like writing down, but I did write down like the artists and whatnot. So like I wrote like he he drew for most of the miniseries, but not the last one. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good stuff to have. Yeah, I wrote some of it down too. Um, <clears throat> but Sonic One the proper publication um was uh, mike gallagher takes his seat kind of sort of staple seat as the writer for this comic um and dave manick uh, takes on the artists or the pencilers role there's other people that worked on this comic please look at them i'm not going to list them on every uh you know every comic that we cover but um those are kind of the two main things and of course everybody contributed to this comic's success and criticisms uh so equal parts you know if you're interested look up i think each comic has an entry on the wiki that just tells you who worked on it like from the pencilers to the inkers to the editors etc um we have pink and black sally starting on this the new series um and then uh they really start strong because they're just lynching sonic really really good maneuver on their end I, um and crab meat Somebody else mentioned, like, we get a lot of crab meat gags. I don't know if you guys noticed, like, he was pretty prominent in these first few issues. Yeah. He's the, uh, the goofball henchman. Uh-huh. We get, you know, Anton, and they start that little obsession with Sally for him, and he's always getting out of shine. Uh, oh, yeah, I just realized, yeah. I guess they kind of had crab meat play the role of, like, Robotnik's sidekick until they until they get around to finally using Snively. <laughs> right, yes. His nephew that will be introduced a little later on, which is strange because it's like, in Sat AM, they use Scratch and Grounder for that role. No, no. Adventures. Oh, Adventures, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, Ooh. there you go. That's that's the internet osmosis acting up. Um, and yes, in Sonic Adventure, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> this is this is <laughs> suffering. Yeah, Scratch and Grounder take that position. Um Crab Me is still, uh, he kind of appears throughout this whole comic in that role still, or at least for these early publications past what we're talking about here. But the first, I don't know if you guys found any kind of sense of irony. I thought it was kind of funny that the first plot that Robotnik hatches is, you know, for his love of machines and pollution. He's like, um, what if we uh, grow a giant plant to delete those furries? Instead of, you know, <laughs> doing anything mechanical. Now, giant plant better. There's a there's one little detail I noticed going through these. It's kind of <clears throat> jumping around a little bit, but mm-hmm, sure. Uh, I like I like the continuity of Knothole having an extremely complex like entryway that keeps showing up. Yeah. Like the little underground tunnel that's like ridiculous to actually get through. Yeah, actually we are we are introduced to that concept that not hold their hideout is got like a zigzag tube and actually yeah we do get like an x-ray shot of that like pretty frequently and it doesn't like change a lot too so they keep it pretty yeah. consistent yeah it's the same design i think they even used it in the miniseries i think so yeah you may be right you may be right um and this is where we're introduced to the roboticization of the you know like the characters in the world um Casino Night Zone is introduced in the second issue of uh, of the series. Uh, we got, I don't know, any anything notable in the new next few issues? Uh, I think. Uh yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I got. I got issue a couple. Two. Issue, issue two, two has yeah. some pretty big ones. Yeah. Yeah. The issue two has we we get introduced to Scratch and Grounder. We get coconuts. We get Looney Tunes. We get lots of puns. They are just doubling down on the fact that this is a wacky zany comic that just doesn't have super great puns uh i mean they don't all land um look scratch and ground is showing up definitely just locked in the adventures of sonic the hedgehog five i had for robotnik yeah yep yep i agree um and it's a little weird they really only kind of show up in this one right they they have a great um great art I mean, just the art is so good in this one. I, I just love this close-up on Sonic's eyeball, like, with yikes. the bloodshot eyes, just going, yikes. <laughs> he just looks so angry, and it's just... It's it's yikes. also a little weird to me that 
They have Grounder and then the anime he's based on on the same comic. <laughs> I didn't think about um, that. <laughs> yeah, you're the Burrowbot, I think, is the... Right? Yeah. 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 Um, oh! I, I'm sorry, I'm going through issue two. Can we talk about Cal and Al? <sighs> yes, that Vertigogo. That is the story that these uh, that we are actually introduced to um, rings called Magic Rings right now, and um, <laughs> we get zones. Sonic falls into a zone where there's a man who is um, vertical, vertical, and um, horizontal. Where they're basically like on the panel, vertical and horizontally. Um. So yeah, what do you go ahead? Do these guys like ever this. show up again? Because I immediately forgot about them as soon as I finished this part. Yeah, uh, boys, uh, keep them in mind. They're important, actually, for some reason. <laughs> Don't forget about them, unfortunately. They they kind of suck. Uh, you guys will notice, this may be a hot take, but Mike Gallagher, in the beginning of his run on this comic, is not very good at introducing characters that are original. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Between these guys and like what was it like Betty the Butterfly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get Betty the Butterfly. Um, do you have anything specific, uh, Harvick, that you were about Cal and Al? No, I just wanted to bring up their existence. <laughs> they are now in this comics lore and history. Which, unfortunately, sometimes we have characters that are in the comics lore and history that just get forgotten, which are cool, and then other times we have ones that are just sort of... I'm going to put this in my back pocket, just in case Ian Flynn decides to bring back Cal and Al. Yeah, keep keep Cal and Al in your back pocket. You don't have to wait that long. Um, oh, uh, also, this is con- the, for some reason, this is where we get introduced to the little romance subplot with Amy... Or not Amy. <laughs> Amy with Sally and Sonic uh, with a in the form of a pinup these pinups actually it's kind of something sad i i really like them because they do like these nice little art things that are just literally one page and it's just either a, a pun or a gag or just art of sonic or the other freedom fighters doing something and like for this one they're just holding a bunch of like uh valentine's day cards i guess trying to sneak up on each other it's like on one page and the other and these pinups just kind of disappear as the sonic go- the comic goes on it's kind of evident of how they were shifting their focus from a, you know, Saturday morning cartoon style to something with plot. In the next few comics, so Sonic 3 and 4, so we get introduced to the um, a new character, Bunny Rabbit. Uh, and uh, Rabbot. Rabbot, yes. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, we get a, a really fun plot regarding uh robotnik wanting to pollution bomb the planet and you can very much see this was a comic in the 90s and sort of see the political and atmosphere where they're taking the freedom fighters are taking to the streets of uh, robotnik's city and trying to uh protest against bombs and you know like a lot of 90s like you know stop bombing stop war it was very of its time it's kind of interesting to see i don't know i don't feel like we see a lot of that but there's some like political gags here and there in these early comics that are kind of cool to see as a time capsule thing and then there's the masking gag where broder disguises himself as robotnik and then they just pull robotnik comes in he pulls uh rotor's mask off and that's actually robotnik under under there and then rotor pulls them they just pull each other's heads off constantly and it's just swapping between the two <laughs> very looney tunes episode very looney tunes i mean that's kind of how a lot of these comics go um okay for the next like you know sonic um three to six or seven do you guys have anything like that you want to any anything that stands out about these you said three and four, right? Three, four, five, six. Uh, I guess those those comics. Oh, I, kinda... I got some stuff to say about number four. <laughs> All right, let's go. So this kind of turns into a, a a modern Sonic game in terms of plot, with Robotnik having this whole scheme and stuff, and then suddenly he loses control of the big monster of the week, and then Sonic pulls the Chaos Emeralds out of his ass and goes super. Yeah, where, they, where? they do introduce Supersonic in the fourth issue. That's right, and special I zones. To see it this early. 
Yeah, he ju he just has all the chaos emeralds all of a sudden. We don't get an explanation where he got them, but he has them. Oh, to be clear, they're called just the power emeralds, I think. Or nope. No, he he straight up like went to a checkpoint and got all the rings. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Got yeah, all the emeralds so all at once. To quote him directly. Luckily, I recently was recently able to collect all seven Chaos Emeralds along with 50 rings. Right. So that's a thing that the comics do is there's inconsistency between calling the em There's, I feel like, going to be like 10 iterations of the Emeralds as we go through and the team actually like gets access to the games and Wait, that's kind of strange because like they just got it right the first time. Like, <laughs> Wait, what? I, you can't see, but I'm like nodding my head like, yeah, it is strange, isn't it? They do get it right the first time. We'll see if that continues. Okay. Like The only thing that's a little weird is that Sonic just phases through like the giant dinosaur. Oh, yeah, he just blasts through the man with... I guess... Well, no, he doesn't even damage him. He just jumps through him, like phases through him. I guess they just try to use like the flashes... Moveset I guess of so. vibrating. Through. I don't know. You're right, though. Like they do. Speaking of the Flash, Sonic, Sonic and Sonic Colors was right. No copyright law in the galaxy in the in, time and space is going to stop this man <laughs> because and, uh... <laughs> they just have Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom, and the Green Goblin sitting at like villain therapy. Thank, <laughs> yeah. thank you, thank you, Michael Gallagher. I appreciate the fact that you're just like, I'm going to push it in that comic. I don't care what lawyers come uh, after us. One other thing about issue four. We have a return of Cal and Al. What everyone wanted. Right. I, f I forgot that they were there already. <laughs> but yeah. Nothing nothing happens. Nothing happens with them. But <laughs> they're there. Don't forget about but, them, though. But you are correct. It's Doctor Doom, Lex Luthor, the Green Goblin. I believe that's Doctor Octopus. And just Gargamel from the Smurfs. I thought that's who that was. <laughs> it's a bit of a strange wondering. addition to that group. It's very strange. I mean, this is probably the last time I think we see Coconut scratching Grounder for like a couple decades. If yeah. I remember correctly. I can't say for certain, but I think that Scratch and Grounder do not show up for a while in this comic. Because I know that was like a big deal when they show back up like way later on yeah mm -hmm. so sonic 5 was a i don't think it was directly supposed to be but it was a reference to sonic labyrinth because they basically it's like the olympic games and eggman wants or sorry robotnik wants to cheat and so he steals sonic's shoes also we get to see sonic's toes great grand. <laughs> okay that's that's i hope that's something that doesn't happen again it will wow for free yeah for for free <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, so he swaps them with slow shoes, which is the literal plot of Sonic Labyrinth, um, where Sonic gets his shoes cursed. Uh, we get a new writer in 5, Angelo... Uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Angelo Deserce? Deserce? Uh, yeah, Angelo. Uh, he's um, he's co-writing with Michael Gallagher on this one, and he doesn't appear until I, I don't think he, I don't know when he appears next, but he doesn't appear anymore. Just this fifth one out of this batch. Ah, uh, that's um, not in quite the right. <laughs> no, five, seven, ten, and he wrote the second story in issue nine. Ah, okay, there we go. I appreciate. See, this is the diligence that we. So yeah, uh, just kind of like to keep track of who's writing what because kind of shows us i feel like it's one of these in-depth analysis that i'd never done before where like hmm because y'all know we're gonna get to ken penders and his infamous uh, contributions yeah, that, don't don't speak his name yet we're not there yet. we're not there yet but i just want people to keep in mind because i am a notorious i i hesitate to say a penders defender but i i because i don't but <laughs> I have appreciations for some stuff that he's done, and I feel like it's fair to say that, and I just kind of want a backing on when we get to stuff that, you know, maybe is good, or maybe we do enjoy it, we realize, oh, Pender's worked on this one, or whatever. So, but we'll see his descent to madness. I, again, I, I'm not I'm not on the, in the camp of, like, he did nothing wrong. He, he definitely ruined a lot. Anyway. Magnifier, <laughs> um, how long were you working on Ken Pender's Defender? I just thought of it on the spot because I'm a freak. 
<laughs> Penders. All right. Listen, we'll we'll get to Penders. We'll talk about him. We we'll will, get there. We will dissect that man like a rat in high school biology class. I can't wait for the strangely humanoid Sonic characters. Oh boy. Oh boy. We get cover art in the Sonic Six by uh, Dave Manikin, uh Henry Scardelli, who's also a new a new name. Um, they collaborate on that one. And our first game adaptation, Sonic Spinball, guys. Why? Why do you think Sonic Spinball had a... The the first crossover they get is Sonic Spinball. Like, a complete adaptation of a whole story directly related to a game. Do you guys have any guesses why that happened? It's, it's funny that it's the first one, but I guess it also makes sense because it's the only Sonic game that has, like, these, like, Sally and Rotor and whatnot. Oh, yeah, they did do that. Now, that would make sense. However, they decided to just cut them out of the comic. Yeah. <laughs> the comic <laughs> itself so is just Sonic. Well, they, they left the comic to show up in the game. <laughs> You're right. They couldn't be in two places at once. Oh, man. Um, I looked into it, and it's kind of funny because I got a quote from um, GamePro from 1999, 1998. I don't remember. It was. I'll link it in the description, but... Uh, <laughs> Andromeda of GamePro had a mixed review of the Game Gear version. It's not a quote, but I'm paraphrasing this. So, And they, they really criticized this game. And honestly, there was just like a mediocre reception for the game overall, even in its time of release. I mean, there were some like 80% scores, but for the most part, everything was like very middling. So it's like, was this a promotional stunt or why? And like you said, oh, it's because they were... The characters appeared from Sat AM specifically. It was their Sat AM versions. Um, you free these characters from the animal capsules in like the special stages or the bonus stages, but they're not in the comic. What were they thinking? Let's face it, breakfast is ruined. <laughs> You're right. Uh, y'all like the Christmas Carol story? Because I thought that was like a highlight of these ten issues. It was probably cute. was a highlight. I like how instead of coming to a senses of Robonicus blown smithereens. <laughs> a, f- a fitting end for him. It's also the first appearance of uh, Sniper. Yeah, that's right? also right. something that's amusing. Like, yeah. <laughs> they find like the first introduction of this important character to this. <laughs> this is the Christmas special. The Christmas special. <laughs> who who's Snively, fellas? Who is this man? But but before you ask, I also like the cameo by, by uh, Mama Robotnik. Uh, also a character from The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. Who, yeah, just doesn't really appear again, I don't think. That depends. Uh, <laughs> I, I if, if you count the, um, I can't remember what they're called, but like the, the little gag comics, then she definitely makes a reappearance. I guess you do count as all canon. Um, but Snively. Bob, who is that? Who's who's Mr. Snively? Uh, I don't know. I haven't read this comic. I, all I know is he's the guy who also shows up in Saturday Morning cartoon. And, and that is what you, a regular comic reader who just started this comic, will see this one-off character and think, hey, he ain't nobody, right? I don't know who he is. But in reality, he's Robotnik's nephew. And that's where I'll leave it at that, because we'll, we'll, we'll get it uh, in later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay, now, comics 7 through um, 9. I guess we could go 7 through 10. Uh, anything in here? I, we get introduced to Uncle Chuck. Uh, Sally actually gets some character. She's doing things, and we find out Robotnik's a furry. Uh, he wants to marry Sally, but like only as a gag. It's not real. Um, I guess it's only... Yeah marginally better than that weird like <laughs> like, Aust- like it was like an Australian amusement park Sonic musical where like they're like Robotnik actually was just in love with Sally and it was weird and strange <laughs> oh my god I forgot about that I did not know about that that's weird this comic's weird this comic's strange I, I think the slapstick is fun sometimes the puns aren't great always it's not great it's not like funny but i thought it was cute 
I thought it was a good read. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm going to be honest, at times it's... Uh, maybe especially towards the end of my read, I was feeling it was getting a bit uh, mind-numbing and maybe somewhat repetitive. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to, like, uh, do my best to stick it through till the, the comic changes and gets bad for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well... I hope that things will oh. get better before they get worse. By the way, I I think this is also the issue where uh, Boomers becomes called Roder. Uh, issue eight, I think. No, well, they call him that in the Christmas Carol. You're oh. right. You're right. They do start to call him Roder. That's correct. Um, they just start wearing a name tag in issue eight. Yeah, for a little bit. <laughs> they really wanted to make sure that people understood uh issue eight i think was pretty fun i liked it it was uh i mean again just it's kind of hard to talk about these consistently like concisely because they're just gags they have urkel uh it's issue eight is about sonic fighting a bunch of uh robot mass like heroes based on different comics and one of them is just literally urkel uh because julia white is the voice of sonic from the cartoons um i I like the spawn mower. Sp- yes, spawn is on. Spawn mower is actually funny. <laughs> uh, we have um... actually we have our first bit of lore in eight. Uh, well, it's minor, but um, you know they kind of introduce Robotnik. Oh, Snively's there too. Actually, uh, yeah, Snively. I think this is first Snively after the Christmas special, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think this was also the first time that Robotnik had like a proper base instead of just being in like a shack <laughs> <laughs> robotic farmhouse <laughs> i didn't even realize that he was just in a shack yeah they they're starting to like issues eight through ten so, is where they start to shift this to more of like the just to stay on that for half a second i would like to point out multiple times they say that robotnik has already taken over the world yeah he's just hanging out in a shack <laughs> You know, my man, hard times have fallen on the on the Robotnik Empire or whatever. I think this is part of the strangeness that comes out of like having characters and setting from Sad AM, but having the tone and writing that's more similar to the Goofy cartoon. <laughs> he's he's still building the giant gold statue of himself on that mountain. <laughs> it's not done yet. He's just. It's just a temporary living space. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a male living spaces. Um, <laughs> uh, but like one of the things, like going back to, it, like, yeah, he actually has a base of action, and they gave it a name. Uh, I in a screenshot that I have, uh, it it's called Robotropolis. Very creative, but at least it's something. And it's funny because you see the Great Forest also, where Not Hole is located. And uh, something in between the two called the Forbidden Zone, which it means nothing to us now, but that becomes something later. I promise. Um, it's kind of nice. I mean, this is really that shift where they're like, okay, let's try to get something more consistent with our story. Um, it's still goofy. It's still goofy. It's still, I mean, there's a lot of slapstick. I, by no means is this the turning they, point. They do beat Robotnik by just playing music at him, so. Mm hmm. Yep, they get shrunk down, do a little gag. They, we we see them go into the Mobius. I don't know if this is the first time we see the name of Mobius. Uh, later on, we'll find out this is the planet. The planet's name is Mobius, but it's called Mobius Music Bull Hall, and it's yeah. I don't know. It's neat. I like that they're giving. I mean, Mike Gallagher had a lot of i think he's maybe maybe it was him maybe it was the team that at sat am and adventures i mean they're all kind of like doing an osmosis to each other but it was nice to see like these concrete names and then they stick later on mm-hmm. um in issue nine we get our Wait, are you talking cover about, with... like just the, the name mobius for the planet or yeah well we don't i don't think it was referenced as the name of the planet in well, I mean, I was just trying to remember. Like, I thought that came from like a manual, but oh, you, you're probably right. I think you're right. <laughs> and there's, there's these times where I feel like some fact checking is needed, but it's like I don't want to. I don't want to click away right now. <laughs> I don't feel like it. Um. Well, the fictional planet of Mobius, uh, 
was a common element, according to the Wikipedia, the Sonic Wiki News Network Wiki. Um, the Japanese uh, not, uh, manuals, yeah, in referred to uh, it as Mobius. Oh, wow. Um, no, I'm sorry. They wasn't used. It was something that came later, uh, which was a Sega of America publication called the Sonic Bible. I hate that. 1990, the 1990s were, were weird. Well, what do you mean? Uh, Sega of America published something called the Sonic Bible. What? And... It referred to it as. Uh, I mean, I'm not Mobius. that informed about it, but like, I feel like properties, like cartoons, even they just have like Bibles for stuff, like, like. Finally. Oh no, no, that's that's part of what I'm talking. About. I'm sorry, I misinterpreted. Yeah. It's not the fact. It's, it's just like I love that all these companies just have like these compendium, these official like canon compendiums for their <laughs> stuff. Finally, it's time for Jesus the Christ. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, he comes later. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> His name um, is Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrap it up. Um, there's actually still a little bit I want to talk about with issue nine. Let's go. That's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So we get our introduction to the first robot Sonic, Pseudo Sonic. In in any continuity, I might add. This is the first time any mechanical Sonic ever showed up was in this comic. Metal Sonic's humble beginnings. Yeah. This uh, cover is actually a reference to a Flash comic, too. Wait, like, for real? Yes. It's actually a reference for the time uh, one of the Flashes met the very first Flash. It's an exact replica, pretty much. Do you want to know how broken my brain is? I thought you meant, like, a Flash animation, or, like, a Flash... (laughs) The software comic yeah. <laughs> of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yes. This comic's a reference to Super Mario Brothers Z. <laughs> Shit. God. No, Flash the superhero. That's see, that's cool. See, I didn't know that. Like, I know there's a lot of these things littered in the comics, but I have no frame of reference for it. Yeah. And see, for some reason, I thought the 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 mechanical Sonic in this uh, pseudo Sonic. I thought he showed up in Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, but I don't think he did. Wait, I, no. The I, design I, I is. I sworn there was an episode with Starman. <laughs> I d- I looked it up. I didn't see anything of it, but I could double check. Go ahead and talk. I'll be back in one second. Yeah, um, he does appear. He does appear in okay. Adventures of Sonic. <laughs> what Sonic do you mean? But how hard you look, and it, it popped up right away on it's Google. The... <laughs> well, man, what did you? What what string of words did you use? Like need uh, fake Sonic robot first appearance, not Metal Sonic Mecha Sonic. Is that what you, you put a pros in? Google no, I went to the Pseudo Sonic Wiki page. <sighs> um, it's probably you probably went to the Archie specific one. Well, no, it's all of them. The yeah, all right. One? You know what? I do remember seeing this guy in the su- All right. I'm going to go yell at the wiki creator for not including this anywhere. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I look like an idiot now because I, I knew I saw this guy in the cartoon. How dare you not know these intricate cross contaminations of mass sonic media? Oh, that's another thing. It's, look, I'm sorry. There's <laughs> something that's amusing. It's just the fact that, like, this is the first time. There's like a, a a mechanical Sonic enemy, and like Sonic doesn't see him at all. <laughs> yeah. He gets taken out gets, immediately by out. Tails, like right away. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Sonic doesn't even get to experience. It. Doesn't he? Doesn't he knock Sonic out? Well, no. They no. didn't. No. <laughs> Sonic so- stuck being allergic to flowers. oh my god i completely sorry this is more important than the first appearance of a mechanical sonic being sonic uh yeah, inflation is born you <laughs> <laughs> gotta talk about swollen sonic um when are they gonna add swollen sonic to the hey, modern no no games? even even bigger let's talk about betty butterfly <laughs> yeah the most the most important character in this comic she appears and is like, I'm one of your butterfly friends, don't you remember? And then um, Sonic is become inflated and she names, she she dubs him. And so God spoke from the heavens, swollen Sonic. Oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I, I want to see this form return later on. I hope they bring it into the later Archie comics and if not, 
I'm gonna personally message uh, Ian Flynn to put it into the IDW comics. I hope you do. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to it. I'll I will remember this. It's probably not the um, weirdest request he's gotten. No, but uh, I also don't want to have that on my timeline. So there is something I want to talk about, which is tangentially related to this issue specifically. It's more of like at the very beginning of this comic, uh, you see Antoine. He's guarding the the entrance to Knothole, and Sonic hits him like really hard with the entrance stump. And, um, basically, instead of saying, you know, apologizing or making some sort of, like, you know, apology gag, he just doubles down on his, like, absolutely shitty treatment of this, of this poor coyote. And is just like, "Uh oh, I hope your uh, ego or your head doesn't get more inflated. And I'm like, brother, my brother in Christ, you have the biggest ego (laughs) on this comic. Well, maybe it's in competition with Robotnik, but yeah. Yeah, true. (laughs) <laughs> but they just treat Antoine so poorly in this whole early publication. Like, it continues for a while. It's kind of unfortunate. I mean, it actually I like is Antoine. kind of strange where you have this one character that's treated poorly because he has a big ego, and then, like, Sonic is fine, even though he has a big ego. <laughs> yeah. He's got the biggest ego. A lot of these characters don't have... Like, it's cool if once you establish person... Well, not cool. It's not cool. Don't bully people, but... Um, I, I mean, unless the person deserves to be bullied, but um, who gets to decide like, that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Come to me with all your bully requests. Uh, <laughs> but like, they, it's like they don't really give a lot of these freedom fighters a ton of character. I mean, we know Boomer is just science man because he hasn't like a, a moment where he just like works with a microscope or something and reinvents a computer thing. Um, uh, uh, rotor it's rotor sorry now. rotor yes it's rotor now they made sure to emphasize that because of a funny little gag where they take him to his workshop and it says boomer's shop and then they cross it over with rotor on top uh where they go to dissect <laughs> well, a little bit earlier in the comic too he's also wearing a name tag that says hello my name is rotor yeah that's right <laughs> metal sonic doesn't get to so he actually gets to or sorry pseudo sonic gets to um not hole and he doesn't get to get any of that data back to robotic because they tails tails kicks ass.net that's where the name came from it's that tails everybody's like ready to give up i don't know why everybody just looks defeated it's like you just get it, it's terrible because bunny just a few issues before just absolutely wrecks house with sonic like they show her to be like you know the strong you know she's using her robot powers for good and she's strong. She's a good character. And then, like, she just doesn't... She disappears. And then they, she's back in this issue. And they're all just standing there like, uh, what do we do? And Tails just gets in there. He just spins around and beats this robot. Disassembles the robot immediately. Like, no issues. I'm just like, dang. Thank you, ta- thank you, base Tails. <laughs> this um, is why Sonic works with Tails. Yeah. Another character who really doesn't have a ton of personality yet, except that he looks up to Sonic. Uh, Sally doesn't really get a ton either yet. Uh, yeah, she's the girl. Oh, she's got black hair now. Uh, they make a she's little... had that for a while, by the way. Yeah, yeah. In this in this publication, and but they they had a little gag about how um, she is. Uh, apparently, this happened because uh, Rotor put ink on her or something i don't know i don't know like there was a in in the third issue there's a gag and i'm i have a screenshot where it's like she's fuming about something and then sonic brings up a newspaper that's like a scandal about the princess having dyed hair and rotor's just running away with like ink on his hands and i'm just like all right i I guess like i i think it's funny that they go back to like these inconsistencies from the miniseries it was just a prank, bro. I thought it was funny when I was like, I went to go refresh my memory. Like, what did she look like in the cartoon again? She has brown hair. <laughs> wait, wait, is she brown- gonna dye her hair again? <laughs> yeah, she was, yeah, she had brown hair, and she was also brown. A red she wasn't pink. Like maybe more red. Yeah, yeah it was well, like her, an orange. Her fur is brown, but the hair is red. Mm. Yeah, we'll get another two design changes for Sally or so one one very dynamic one and then one like not so much but uh that's for later um this is where I'm starting to kind of get in the same mind space of Dorco where it's like uh this is mind numbing it's the same shit except because with the gags and the puns and stuff they're all 
whatever. It's nice to see the memes, like a lot of meme images coming out, like the Friday night. Friday <laughs> yeah, that exactly. I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Go ahead. Actually. Here, I'll, I'll post a screenshot of it. Please, for the uh, for the fans. Here's the, <laughs> here's the home alone on Friday night. You're pathetic. <laughs> All right, but now read the actual line and see how much worse it is. I don't want to go out on a limb, but I would like to get the root of Sally's problem and be a sap if I decided to leave as far as that's concerned. Yeah, so I don't just rapid fire. I'll try to see her think through for sure. If not, I'll be pining and weeping. I'd much rather take a burk. Oak K? Burk. Yeah, I'd much rather I'd much rather him look at me and tell me that I'm alone and pathetic uh, than <laughs> having this read through these shitty. I'd puns. much rather him tell me I'm a fucking loser than to read all this. Please stop the tree puns. Yeah, they really were running out of material. Except that they did have a a Bambi or a deer that they called a bombardier, which was because it was like a bomber pilot, and I think that's funny. I don't know, that was yeah. really stupid. It was one panel. Issue ten. Issue I don't ten. Talk about this. Is... Why not? Go I, ahead. Tim. I hate. I hate the nerbs. <laughs> yeah. Michael Gallagher. I'm sorry if you ever listen to this podcast. I. I love what you've done. Oh wait, I, but I don't think he wrote that one. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry, Michael Gallagher. You're not uh, a different reason one? to apologize. <laughs> you do. Uh, <laughs> This one was written by Angelo Descare. Hey, I don't oh, know how okay. to pronounce it. So, Angelo Des... D- yeah, that's the one who wrote for five. Um, if I'm, if you ever watch this podcast, I apologize for uh, mispronouncing your name, but I'm not apologizing for not liking this issue. Yeah, like, I'd love to know why. Why did... Why did y'all feel the need to introduce these... Like, any character, really... For one-off gags, um, especially when they're not funny ones, because I—I I mean, maybe in the '90s. Okay, to be fair, maybe in the '90s, nerd making fun of nerds was all the. I mean, I, I even like in the early 2000s, that was like the thing. You know, I, I grew up as a kid in the early 2000s, but I guess that was the I, shtick. Uh, I also want to know who keeps putting the gang in just like really smelly situations. Yeah, do was you guys this... have something to say? <laughs> Do you, and why is Sonic never affected by any of this? For context, they're going through the sewers to get into Robotropolis. Yeah. Um, Which uh, features a like straight up cameo by the the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> oh yeah, no copyright law in the galaxy will stop Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The universe. Not, no. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The universe. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> It's a bad game anyway. <laughs> um, no, no, don't go into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, don't at me. Um, yeah, no, t- issue 10, just to wrap that up, it's, I mean, this is the last issue that we covered this week. It, it, it kind of is the beginning of where we're going with this series. It is like, the gang is actively doing things to stop I, robot. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll say just, once you're finished. Just they, you know, they're they're actually doing. I mean, that first story sucks with the nerves and stuff, but yeah. it's like it's it's showing them actually doing something to stop Eggman or Robotnik. Robotnik, yeah. Um, yeah. The the second issue actually has Robotnik in the sad AM chair and everything with the robot bird. Like we're getting there. We're getting closer to sad AM and less adventures of. Yeah, you definitely see. Yeah. There. Yeah, this is the with. first one I was reading. And I'm like, I don't hear Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog Robotnik in this one anymore. A little bit, but not. We're getting to more sad AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a little bit of Anton character development. You know, he's like in a hot air balloon and he's like fi- actually fighting back and being competent because before he's just cowardly. But like, you know, we start to see him develop into something. I mean, it's just it's like a crumb, but it's something. And we, we, we see a little less the cartoony stuff, but it's like. This kind of goes back to what I said about um, Dave Manick. I love his art, and I think it is really fitting for both like these actiony sequences, which are far and in between in these early issues, and at the same time, there's they work well with gags too. I, I also feel the need to point out uh, Robotnik riding a giant metal rhino. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, anybody have la- any last thoughts on the like? Just kind of let's let's just kind of sum up what we felt on these first few issues. Uh, Bob, what are your thoughts? Just give us just your summary of this. What are what are your feelings? Well, again, it was a cute read. I enjoyed the time I spent like reading it. It was just like not funny, but you know, it's just a little kids comic. It was it was alright. It was alright. I liked it. I'm looking forward to the next session when when it's when things start to change into the the thing this comic actually became and not just like the um see i i thought it was a mix of like both the sonic cartoons right mm-hmm. both um sad am and adventures of which i thought was kind of neat but like like dorko said um it was, it was turning into kind of like kind of grading and wasn't like the best thing ever but it was, it was still it was, it was all right just my thoughts i guess uh, what about you, uh, Harvick? What are your thoughts? I'm torn. I know there's it's like comics for kids, but some of them were all right. But some of them, it's, like, it's just like I, oops, I all pun slapstick and one-offs and the, the one-off nerbs. characters and yeah. the nerbs. The it nerbs was just like whatever. Hurt me physically. <laughs> it was a cute read. It was just also like whatever. <laughs> I can't wait for them to mess up the Chaos Emerald arc, despite getting it perfect in like the early ones. Uh, it won't be more than once. It'll be more than once. Uh, Adorko, what are your thoughts overall? Yeah. <laughs> like at times, it was just enjoyable, fun read. Uh, uh, nice gags. Uh, cute artwork. Um, yeah. And then and, yeah, towards the end, it got a little repetitive and mind-numbing for me. Uh, I did think it, there was something kind of charming about those moments where um, like for example, the Casino Night Zone, where it would have like the page where he's going through the pinball machine. Like those kind of moments were like mm-hmm. uh, like a creative way to illustrate Sonic in a comic. It, it was cute. I like I like that. Or like another simple moment of seeing Sonic bounce across enemies like he would in the games. Mm-hmm. That's actually you bring up something very uh, very cool that I thought they did, which was sort of get the kids into the like it's like oh look at like i think in issue six they were like same one where he like gets the um i know i think it was uh whatever whatever one he was supersonic they're like hey kids help sonic grab all the rings in the special zone you know just like the games they have like the game gear controller like illustrated and it's like you know the kids are it's just these fun little things where they're like yeah just like the games even though they have their limits as i mentioned before where mike gallagher said some of the challenges where they didn't have a lot of material to work with um and this is something that persists and we will see this um um until it kind of gets its own identity that they are like struggling to balance between what is expected of them corporately and what is expected of them from the fans and what they want to do it's just it's gonna be interesting another closing thought Mm -hmm. is that it was also just weird like none of us mentioned um Kid Robotnik, where he just looks just like Robotnik, but without the mustache. So Kid Robotnik was actually like a 40-year-old man. I just thought that was weird and worth mentioning. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, they, they do. Like, that's, that's... I tried not to remember. We, we made sure to put that out of our minds before we came here today. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, this these these comics, like mentioned, is like slapstick fun. Next time you know we're i'm hoping that we won't run as long as we did today uh this was kind of our introduction my plan is for these shows to go on for about now half an hour 45 minutes um and preferably we will have smaller uh chunks of the comics to get through um so the plan for this next set is uh I believe we're going to do 11 through 20, including the In Your Face special, which is we will start to introduce specials. And then there'll be many, uh, you know, the spinoffs that we're going to go to through. So if anything changes, I mean, obviously you'll know on the next issue. And I'm planning to have these out bi-weekly. So uh, either weekly or bi-weekly, we'll see how it pans out and trying things out. Um, so if you're reading along about... 11 through 20 is what the current plan is, but I might need I want to thank, um, actually, thanks, Ken's, thanks, Ken Penders, the, um, 
blog on Tumblr. Uh, she writes, Bobby, she writes uh, quite a interesting takes on the comic. And while I don't agree with everything that she says, I still really enjoy reading through uh, her opinions and also for providing the read order. Um, because when I was a youngin and I read it for her first two times, I just used the like, hey, hey, remember, like the little yellow blurbs in the bottom, like, remember when this happened, an issue, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no, I don't because I didn't read that. So I go back and I read it. Um, but this is a really good one. I recommend using her Archie order uh, on her blog. And it will, of course, be in the credits below. And um, yeah, uh, that's our first show. Let us know what you think in whatever platform you're on and uh anything that can be improved like comment subscribe like comment subscribe thank you so much bye 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 bye